You are now entering Armbar Audio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. I am your host, Tim Farley, and next to me is my trusted companion. John Kearns, what's up, everybody? Or someone else on the screen. You should know him by now. His name's the Nerdy Mark. Is he? Hey, everybody. No, he's not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, everybody. Uh, so the Nerdy Mark here. Thank you once again. Uh, we do this once a month, as you all know, and it's always a pleasurable time to do this, especially when I have my nice hot cup of Joe uh, with me. So um, like this Joe, is my... He's a bad guy. Oh, you don't like what? Samoa Joe, you don't like him? Oh, I don't like anybody named Joe. Not even my uncle. Damn. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> I, could, I could make a political joke, but I'm not going to. Uh, that just means you didn't have one. You suck. Anyway. All right. How are you? Uh... This is the favorite matches that we have chosen. Not the best. Yeah, you know we're here. For not Dave reason. Meltzer. These are our or personal Brad favorites of June. So, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. When we started this podcast, you told me that you were Dave Meltzer. I thought this whole time I was getting clout by doing a podcast with Dave Meltzer. And now you say you're not? I don't have abs <laughs> or money. I mean, John. Does he also have abs? Huh? I've never seen him shirtless. Uh, he's in. Uh, he's in shape. Is is he like a ripped old man for no reason? Like that happens sometimes. I, don't know, I guess. <laughs> hey man, I want to. I want to be a ripped old man for no reason. Who cares? Yeah, man. Be like Vince McMahon, just looking like you bench press eight thousand pounds at seventy years old. <laughs> Anyone can bench press eight thousand pounds. I will be very impressed. Seriously. I mean, yeah, I, that was an exaggeration, but you know. I know, I know. All right, no, dog. Do you know who invented the bench press? Vince McMahon. No. Uh, Patrick Former, uh, well, not former. I mean, he's dead. Gene Hackenschmidt. Oh, nice. Oh, no shit. That's a name that I've heard. He invented the bench press? Yes. Oh, wow. What? Gene Hackman invented the bench press? Not yes, Gene, Gene Hackman. Hackman. Gene Hackman. That's how he got the replacements. <laughs> To be good, he taught them the bench press. That's <laughs> cool. No, he I said, hey, Keanu Reeves, get over but here. You know but you know who else who bench presses? All these wrestlers in all these matches. That you. <laughs> Segway. I was, just, Baby. I was just not expecting the inventor of the bench press to be a name that I heard. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's go, baby. Yes, but these other wrestlers. Huh? Yeah. No, we should be like, oh, how much do you think these all these wrestlers bench press? That should be the next thing. At that we least eight thousand pounds. From the next, um, no, from now on, that's what we're gonna do for all the matches. Like, so how much do you think this guy bench presses? And I'm just gonna do it. And <coughs> the weight that I use is just going to be in apples. In apples. In apples. Nice. Three thousand apples. Nice. That probably won't even be that heavy. Yeah, that's what you say now. John. But here we, go. yeah, I know. Then you'd be buried underneath them, right? You'd have to eat all those Granny Smiths, all those Granny Smiths, or you can just bake them all, <laughs> or you can just bake them into a bunch of pies. Yeah, dude. Well, Too much apple, apple talk. Apple all right, Betty Crocker, calm down. Too much apple talk. I'm sick of it. Let's move on. 
<laughs> the first match we're talking about today is one of my picks. It was Seth Rollins <laughs> versus Cesaro at Hell in a Cell. This uh, is a direct continuation of their WrestleMania feud, where they, the reason that the feud is happening, <clears throat> excuse me, is because when Seth Rollins returned from his paternity leave, um, he dove right back into the Messiah character and was looking to recruit people to embrace his vision, and nobody did. Not one SmackDown Superstar embraced his, embraced his vision, so he took his anger out on Cesaro and continually tried to recruit him specifically. <clears throat> he actually even <clears throat> tried to take him out with multiple curb stomps, but during a interview segment on uh, Ding Dong Hello with Bailey, Cesaro showed up again and attacked Seth Rollins. On the go-home SmackDown for Hell in a Cell, uh, Rollins and Cesaro had a final like face-to-face, which ended up with Cesaro pushing Rollins out of his chair and a brawl. So, getting to the match itself, uh, it was really... It, it was... It's Cesaro and Seth Rollins. You know it's going to be a technical masterclass. Uh, They both got their shit in, as we like to say. And Rollins ended up being victorious, which makes me believe that this is far from over. Yeah, we still got to have the rubber match. Mm -hmm. I don't even wear rubbers. (laughs) I mean... I love how enthusiastic. Sid, uh, Sid, did you watch this match? Do you have anything to say about it? I, I mean, I kind of know like what happened, and yeah. I, and I can kind of uh, guess what happened. So no, no, I did not watch the match, but I can kind of guess what happened. Curb stomp, swing. You know how many how many swings? I wonder. I think, I think <laughs> it was like twenty. I love, uh, I love the rope transition that. Cesaro does whenever yeah. uh, someone's on the ground, especially Seth Rollins, holding mm-hmm. onto the rope, and he pulls their legs, and he flips them up into, like, the uh, setup for the gotch pile driver neutralizer or whatever. That's uh, yeah. good, good stuff. <laughs> Hashtag push Cesaro. Hey, it's, to, it's, the it's, to the moon! baby. And it's kind of starting... It's kind of starting. Hopefully, this Rollins feud will be like his launching pad. What they need, yeah, yeah. All right, man. He could. I would love to see him win Money in the Bank. Is he, is he in the Money in the Bank match? Not sure, I, but honestly, I don't know. I okay. I'm still, if he I'm not is keeping up, like I should be, I don't know. It's okay. I know. Uh, I know Nakamura is, and apparently, he's going by King Nakamura. Yeah, he took. Yeah, he beat. He beat Baron, Baron Corbin, and then they actually put his kingship on the line, and he beat him. So he's the king now. All right. Oh and so Baron Corbin's like a broken man now. Like he's doing this a, like depressed gimmick. <laughs> so number nine. Moving on. It's yours. I think. Okay. Wait, minor Tim's. 
Sure, it's Sid. It's okay. the triple threat and, women's tag. Yeah. So this one was really cool because um, I think in this match, <clears throat> excuse me, Yosh Thrive just come back. They were pushing Zoe Stark, Ember, and uh, Shotzi lost the titles to uh, The Way. Um, you know, Raquel and Dakota guys still have, you know, an amazing presence uh, in this, uh, you know, in the NXT women's division. So all three teams had a viable case to go after those tag team titles, the NXT women's tag team titles, which, again, I don't know why the NXT end up in the main roster have two separate sets of women's tag team titles, but that's neither here nor there. Um I think that uh, Zoe Stark was definitely the real MVP of this match. She was just her. She usually she is. is. Yeah, she's fantastic, man. You know, her and Io Shirai are honestly like a, a team that I didn't know that I wanted until I saw them. Um, and of course, uh, they did. Uh, they, they did win. Of course, Io Shirai did hit a huge moonsault onto uh, Dakota Kai to pick up the win for oh, this you match. Know that's what happened. And yeah, of course, we'll go. <coughs> Oh, but funny thing is, Zoe Stark picked up the win for the way at Great American Bash. Oh wow! To, for them to become the uh, NXT Women's Tag Team Title uh, holders, the NXT Tag the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. How about that, right? Anyway, so I mean, overall, great match, and it was interesting to see Shotzi on SmackDown yesterday with Tegan. So I guess Ember is still sticking around in NXT. She could end up going for the uh, next uh, going uh, going after Raquel. I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Um, I think Zoe and uh, Io should have a very dominant run with those titles. They also teased yeah. Tony Storm coming to yeah. SmackDown, and uh, I, th- I think it's going to be when crowds are back. And Bronson Reed and Karrion Cross and Scarlett have done dark matches. Reed. Just won the North American title and yeah. just lost it to Swerve. So I expect to see him sooner than Cross and Scarlet. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, Vince is making some changes. Making moves. <clears throat> are good or bad, we don't know. Our are first you, match. Are you, ready, are you ready to tell me about one of the best fucking tag matches I've ever seen? I am. Uh, from the last day in June, uh, we got the Young Bucks against Penta, El Zero, Miedo, and Eddie Kingston. This match was built on a lot of bad blood. Pack and Phoenix lost to the Bucks after winning the Tag Casino Battle Royal at Revolution, and Eddie has been t- the target of many of the Elite's attacks, attacks since aligning with John Moxley. Eddie and John also lost to the Bucks at Double or Nothing. Since Double or Nothing, John Moxley, Pack, and Phoenix have not been on television, or at least not recently. So Eddie teamed up with his old best friend to fight their common enemy. If Eddie and Penta won this match, the following week they would get a title shot and a street fight. The match kicked off the last AEW Dynamite before AEW would return on the road. Mm-hmm. Penta came out donning an attire similar to the Joker, and Eddie was in his usual Tao homage attire. The only reason I bring this up is because the Young Bucks came out looking absolutely ridiculous. 
<laughs> Nick, especially with a Fu Manchu style uh, goatee or uh, mustache and that dyed hair, which reminds me of NWO era Hogan. But he got compared to old porn star Dirk Diggler on commentary. Matt also looked like a 70s porn star. Of course, Stooge number one, Brandon Cutler, accompanied them out. The first spot that made an impact was Eddie holding Matt's legs up like the Dudley boy spot, but Penta came off the top with a drop kick to Matt's undercarriage, with Excalibur exclaiming Penta was punishing the perineum, which was absolutely hilarious. Penta was on fire, hitting Lucha offense on the Jacksons and tagging in Eddie, who hit a nice perfect plex for a two-count. Eddie hit an exploder on the outside, only to be met with a PK from a, on the apron from Nick. Standing mood salt and splash combo uh, to Eddie on the outside. Nick mocked the Macho Man. I mean, anytime they could, the Bucks would make ridiculous taunts, especially thrusting their genitals. <laughs> Kingston now no Good sold. Kingston no sold both Jackson's kicks to the back and fired back, but Jackson, the Jacksons need him in the skull. Kingston escaped more bang for your buck and headbutt the shit out of Nick on the turnbuckle and followed it with a superplex. Penta got in and wrestled like he was in the main event of WrestleMania, just going off on the Bucks and hit a corkscrew code red for a two count that the commentary and the fans were screaming was a three. Matt reversed the fear factor and catapulted Penta into a common gurry from Nick, who then entered with a hurricane runner from the top. Kingston with a ridiculous release German suplex, followed by a backstabber by Penta for two. Matt hit a diving crossbody to the outside to Kingston. Nick grabbed the ref and low-blowed Pentagon. The Bucks hit the fear factor with a diving foot stomp to Penta, but Eddie saved the match. Out came the Good Brothers, but Kingston fought off both Bucks until they hit him with three super kicks. Why three? Because the first one literally had no effect. Cutler sprayed the uh, spray that he has, but Pentagon ducked, which got Matt sprayed. Kazarian came down to stop Cutler, which in turn stopped the Good Brothers' interference with the ref. Penta with a huge tope con hilo, then a fear factor followed by a Back fist from Kingston and Penta pinned Matt to earn the title shot. This match had me on the edge of my seat. I'm always rooting for Penta and Kingston, and the fact neither have held AEW gold yet really had me up in arms during this match. It doesn't matter what happened the next week because I ultimately didn't think the Bucks were going to lose the belts, but the fact that Kingston and Penta pinned them, I was going nuts. Yeah, this match was amazing. I mean, <clears throat> literally, every Young Bucks tag team match is amazing. And every match involving Eddie Kingston and Pennant is amazing. So, I mean, this, um, this partnership between Eddie and Pentagon is really good. I like it a lot. And it's a good filler for until Moxley gets back or uh, Phoenix heals up or Pat gets back. Um, <clears throat> Moxley is coming back on Dynamite 
this coming Wednesday, he'll be defending against uh, Carl Anderson. Defending what? The uh, WGP this, US this, title. This. That thing. Yes, you'll be defending this. He won't go for that. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, you go ahead, John. Oh, no, I, I was done. Do you want to say anything about the tag match? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, – well, one thing I did want to say is, uh, you know, uh, Tim, you mentioned that it's – that um, the Kingston and uh, Penta haven't held the title now. If you remember, Elite Hunter Kaz has been getting into their, getting yeah. into, uh, you know, the business with the box methods. And there is a whole rumor mill going on about the trios title coming up. So I think we have a few trios already, but one trio that I would love to see is Kingston, Mox, and Kaz. And I think they should be the first AEW. Trios heavyweight tag team champions. That would be really cool. I actually was thinking about, okay, might as well reveal it here. I was thinking about doing uh, fantasy booking videos on my channel. And for the trio. Yeah. Thinking about doing it. But uh, there you go. I I would want it to be Jurassic Express for me. Uh, I would want it to be the Dark Order. Dark Order, which uh, combination? Uno, Grayson, and who else? I think doesn't matter. Uno, Grayson, and five would be hilarious. Yeah, just then, like John Silver. Five should get the pin. Five should get the pin, and then like (coughs) Silver, Silver, so like still trying to make fun of him, and then Uno and Grayson are like, shut the fuck up. And he becomes the new silver becomes the new five. Yeah. So no, silver becomes the silver was the five before five came around. You remember well, Brody, Brody being like, shut the fuck up, silver? You fucking yeah. idiot. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think um as far as like uh for you know, and you talked about Moxley uh and, and defending his IWGP US yeah. title against Carl Anderson. I think Mox should still retain. Because the person who should take it yeah. off of him is the person who debuted this Wednesday, and that is oh. Tommy N slash Malachi Black. Malachi Back Black the- holding the IWGP US Championship would be fucking awesome. I think that uh, during the match, we should get an invasion of the Bullet Club, and Tommy yes. Tonga should beat <laughs> that ass. Uh, and that ass, I mean, Carl Anderson. And, uh, yeah, that, that would... That help would... Moxley retain, you mean? No, no, no. Help uh, Carl Anderson. No, it. that's not what I said. Oh, He said beat that ass, and he meant that, that ass by me. Oh, beat up Carl Anderson? Why? Has he been talking shit? Do you not remember? No. Like, everything that happened? Tomatonga denounced all of them. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I do now. That happened a long time ago. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but, um, I get to talk about my favorite thing, guys. Blood? Steven? What? Huh? Oh, Steven Universe? I'll do that later. <laughs> uh, yesterday was Rebecca Sugar's birthday, and I made a nice post about it. So, oh, happy belated birthday. For what it's Rebecca worth. Sugar. Which is happy nothing belated. to you. 
I'm going to talk about the finals of this year's Tournament of Survival, uh, our our GCW offering from June. Uh, The Tournament of Survival is a deathmatch tournament. Uh, The finalists were, as you can see on the screen, one 440 member, Atticus Kogar, and the fucking ultra violent champion oh, the man the man that would be king if nick gage didn't exist i'll, I'll fucking say that uh our school so the tournament of survival they're wrestling tonight yes they are <laughs> they are wrestling tonight we'll be live tweeting that shit um the tournament of survival was a brutal grueling living hell for everyone involved and speaking of everyone involved, the entrants were Bam Sullivan, Nolan Edward, the one Colin Manders, uh, Oren Veit, G. Raver, Effie, and the eventual finalists, Atticus Kogar and Alex Colon. Uh, the tournament featured many themed death matches. Like each, every match was a death match, but they all had different themes, yeah. which made it less like seeing the same shit the whole show. Um, uh, The various weapons used included light tubes, chairs, doors, barbed wires, broken glass, and even a bag of salt and vinegar potato chips. Nasty. It was very nasty. Um, Going into this tournament, Alex... Alex Cologne. Uh, we're just so excited about this match. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 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 also fucking nasally as fuck. Uh, Alex Cologne was attempting a three-peat as he had won the tournament of survival in both 2019 and 2020. Uh, whereas the silver teeth Satan, Atticus Kogar, was simply trying to etch his name in the GCW history books as a win in the 2021 tournament would be his third overall. Uh, Alex entered the arena wearing a Michael Jordan number 23 Chicago Bulls jersey as a symbol of his dream of getting his three-peat, and Alex Cologne achieved that goal while the rabid GCW faithful, many of whom were also clad in the number 23, uh, chanted three-peat in unison. Um, at one point, Cologne hit Kogar with a Spanish fly from the top rope into a pile of white tubes and broken glass, which was fucking crazy. Yeah. And the ring setup for this match was they took the canvas and the mats off of the ring and it was just the bare boards. But at in one corner of the ring... Uh, they took the boards away, and it was just panes of glass. Sid? Kogar, I think, I think Kogar hit like Kogar, a, uh, Eric no, uh, Kogar hit a Death Valley driver through the panes of glass to the floor. Yeah, <laughs> that was fucking sick. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, it's fucking sick. Like, when, when you watch GCW, 
the fans often drown out the sound of commentary. Oh, yeah. It's fucking amazing. I got to ask y'all, do you, and it's probably, I kind of know the answer, and it's probably one of the most obvious questions, but. What's that? You think GCW is almost a second coming of ECW? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'd say it's a spiritual successor. It's a spiritual successor of ECW, CZW, uh, PWG, um, even PWG though even though PWG is coming back. But GCW uh, took but, over the Indies. Yeah, GCW picked up yeah. where PWG left off when they went away for a while. Yeah, and um, I would right. expect, I would expect some, uh, at least like four names. I would GCW expect heavy GCW up. influence at PWG. Like, not even just four names. I, I expect, because the rumor is that Effie is one of the people behind bringing it back. That's what I've heard. Well, I don't think that's true. But he could be rumored to be involved in the show. Yeah. He actually tweeted at one point that he purchased PWG. I don't know about all We'll have that. to do some more research into that. Yeah. I, I think, like, uh, from my, my only my biggest knowledge of GCW is kind of honestly what I saw from the Nick Gage's Dark Side of the Ring episode. Yeah. And I will say this from what I've heard, from what I've seen, like, they get it's 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 super violent, but it's also very, very inventive, you know? I mean, who would have thought you, huh? Not all the matches are death matches, like yeah, oh, they, I know. Yeah, but the ones that are, but the death matches seem to be so inventive. I mean, who would have thought to use salt and vinegar potato chips as well? <laughs> yeah, G-Raver. It's like a fucking sick brick. That's sick brick. There's like a lot of death matches, but not all death matches. And I mean, this yeah. tournament specifically was for death match people, um, yeah. and not even all death match people. There were people that don't do death matches. That were like, yeah, let's give this a shot, and get fucking sliced yeah. up and poured some vinegar all over the fuck up. Yeah, they I mean, come up all over my body. I mean, why isn't there still? I still wonder why there is no Hattori Hanzos under the ring. That would be, I mean, <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. I mean, uh, the end of this match, the anyway. match concluded. <laughs> When, uh, despite being attacked by a weed whacker, Alex Cologne, uh, a weed whacker, yes, like wow, like the lawn care equipment, yes, <laughs> um, Cologne got Kogar into a camel clutch and he passed out. Yeah, it was so it was Cologne crazy. was named the winner and got his three peat, did what he said he was gonna do. Uh, the crowd went fucking bananas, as they often do. And it was a good time. It, it was a good time. And it, it, it's like, it's such a unique thing with GCW where the death matches end up uh, with, like, these really awesome outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Tournament of Survival was a must-see event. Uh I would also recommend the match between G. Raver and Effie and Oren Veit versus Nolan Edward. Yeah, Oren Veit, man. I He really impressed me. I feel like I'm still not seeing uh, seeing enough of him. Like, they needed him. I think he's on the show tonight, or he was on the show last night. I know that he had a spot 
on this weekend. But yeah. Let's go ahead and get to Sid here. It's the uh, fatal five way for the NXT title. Oh man, I for at, at NXT Takeover in your Yo house, house. <laughs> your house, whose house? No, in your uh, house, in your house, uh, and yes, fatal five way for the NXT uh, title. Carrying Cross, the champion, versus Kyle O'Reilly, versus the Bruiserweight, Pete Dunne, whatever he does, uh, versus Johnny Gargano, versus Adam Cole, baby. Um, now, I'm going to say this, man. A lot of people were wondering why the hell Adam Cole was in this match because he lost the match to Kyle O'Reilly. Well, he was a former NXT champion. He can definitely parlay that into that whole thing. And, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. As much as it, it really is painful – to see the undisputed era, uh, no more. Yeah. Like you know, uh, Adam Cole and uh, uh, you know Cole's doing his own thing. O'Reilly's doing his own thing. Bobby Fish is back, but they still haven't used him yet. Uh, maybe he'll be on Diamond Mine with Broderick Strong. Who knows? Anyways, I think this one just and and, and Tim, you and I reviewed this match, but this match started <laughs> hot and did not let up. Yeah, and that's what I love so much about it. I mean, I mean, I'm unlike Tim. I, I, I unlike you. I'm not gonna be able to like talk about every single move because it was just too fucking much. Okay, but I will say that um, oh, five people were involved. Yeah, yeah, and I will say though, like you know, now I, I love the fact that you know I'm just gonna talk more about like the aftermath of it. I love that uh, Johnny Gargano and Karrion uh, Cross have transitioned into a feud. That's gonna mm-hmm. be interesting. Mm-hmm. Which I makes hope, uh, which makes a yeah. lot of sense because in this match. Um, Johnny Gargano was smart and picked his spots. And every yeah, time it seemed that one of the other competitors were going to win or had the momentum, he came out of nowhere and stopped it. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to mention that Adam Cole got into the match because he came back and told Kerry and Cross that ever since you've come here, They've given you music, the entrance, the woman. That was such a and good line. You, uh, they've done everything for you to make you seem like a big deal. But you know what they do for me to make me seem like a big deal? They ring the fucking bell. And that, that he, got he didn't him. Say fuck it. Fuck it. He didn't say fucking. Yeah, whatever, dude. This is my show. So anyway. <laughs> is it GCW? He's not going to say that. Tomorrow's champion got fired for it. <laughs> So anyway, he got that's E-C- how he got E-C- in. FCW, okay? You got to be careful. I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. So just go. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. We're, we're just... I was done. Oh, that was it? Dude, we're just pulling your leg, man. Come on. My leg can't move. God. What? <laughs> well, one leg is paralyzed, bro. No, I was about to say. Damn, if I said busting your balls, what, what would you have said? You don't have balls? The balls can't I would have said that it's so cold that they went back inside of my uh, – inside. Of I told my... you it was cold. Okay. You told me not to turn the AC off. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Anyway. Hey, listen, uh, man, we got our AC fixed. We've been making liberal use of it because it's like fucking – Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, carrying across uh, – you know, He I felt like, like a real gladiator in this match. I mean, yes, I mean he exactly had that gear. Yeah. Oh, there you go. They, you know, great minds think alike. But no, like, yeah, I, I think, I mean, his gear reflected 
the role he played in this match. And I think with matches like this, Cross is starting to feel more and more like a final boss. And it's, it, I think, just, you know, everyone needs to want to face him. Everyone, and, and I think, like, this match, if four people couldn't take him down, who can take him down, right? <clears throat> and that's the whole idea. And one thing I did like what you said about Johnny Gargano is, he, yeah, he picks his spots. Now, one thing I will say is Johnny Gargano, with all his segments with the way, yeah, he's a goofy chicken shit heel. But yeah. when he's in the ring, he means fucking business. Uh-huh. And oh, he that's something I respect about Johnny, I have to say. But yes. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. I'm... I'm still trying to figure out this fucking carry cross hate. I don't get it. I have no I idea. I don't care. It's the weirdest shit ever. Is it just, uh, is it just number one? Because- number one, in, uh, wrestling fans are fickle and uh, the majority of them are shitty. And especially the subset that comes from watching WWE. Uh, they shit on anything that's not WWE and they even shit on the WWE consistently. I saw a post last night uh, on Instagram. This is this is an example. Uh, Bailey put a picture of her and Big E. Okay, how Big many e? times in Bailey's career has she put a picture of herself with a male coworker? And of course, all the idiots came out in droves. Oh, are you dating? Oh, are you having sex? Someone even said that she's not really injured. Yeah. She's pregnant by Big E because of this fucking yeah. picture. And I was just like, holy um, shit, these people are dumb. And if yeah. I was that level of famous and had social media, I don't even know. I, I wouldn't even use it. I would hire someone else to use it for me. Because like, yeah, that, like John. Like Moxley, you know, he doesn't he doesn't yeah. like to use social media. I'm pretty sure someone else posts for him. Well, I don't think he has that because he doesn't even really post. But like, but yeah, a lot of celebrities do have that. But like, it's just amazing, astounding to me how dumb and idiotic and shitty wrestling fans yeah, are. Yeah, well, like it, uh, it never another it can be, can be. happened never... on Dynamite this past week. Oh my god. And this fucking that moron fucking who guy. went into the fucking oh, yeah, yeah. tried to get into the ring tries to get clout from Jim yeah, Cornette and Brian Last on Twitter. And I knew exactly what they were gonna do. Jim Cornette's old school as fuck, man. It doesn't matter if he hates the Bucks in real life or kayfabe or whatever. You try to get in that ring, Cornette you know, he would be for you dying. Shove a tongue like, up your ass. And, and he responded just the way I thought he would. But, like, seriously, like, uh, some wrestling fans, but man, not it, all wrestling but, fans, but some wrestling fans are just... Too much. Knuckle-dragging troglodytes. And, like... Yeah, Wait, Jim, what? Knuckle-dragging what? Troglodytes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't hear it properly. Um... Yeah, man, that guy, I, I had my fun with him and then blocked him, but, like, I think I said, um... Your, par- your, par- your parents were probably cousins. Yeah, I, I told him he looks like his parents Damn, were man. Jeez. Uh, I said, that's why Jericho knocked you on your ass, you, you inbred hillbilly. Fuck yeah, me. And, then, and then he said he didn't uh, get punched, and I said, then why 
Then why were you on your head? of you on the fucking ground and looking like you couldn't get on your feet. And somebody said, somebody responded and said, security dragged him out of his hands and he's like a whipped dog. <laughs> yeah. You don't just get yeah. into that state. You fucking jag off. <laughs> Man. And then and then uh, Kenny Omega posted a tweet today, basically, you know, berating Jim Cornette. It's like this is basically this is your this is your doing. Exactly. And that's what, the what thing, did I like, say in the chat last night? This but, this kind of shit would have never happened if Cornette uh didn't pick a select fan base to make money off of. Yeah. And, and to fuel their fucking hatred. The way that Jim Cornette responded to the guy, I give him kudos for, but it cannot be ignored that this shit is happening specifically because of people like fucking Jim Cornette. Exactly. I mean, Jim Cornette, what he does on Dark Side of the Ring is great. And that is all he needs to be used for. When being a wrestling historian. When they want him to talk about history. He's great. He's fine. Yeah. It's, but like, it's whenever he has anything to say about the current product and it's up, it's yeah. extended to the point where it doesn't matter who it is. It's anybody now. Anybody's fair. If you're not FTR, if you're not or, FTR, or he thinks the that only you're fucking people insane. I've heard him praise was FTR, whom he had on his show, and Walter and Dragunov's match uh, from last year. You don't like MJF? I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't follow. I don't him, think he does. You know? you know, old school heel and everything. Right. Knowing, knowing Jim Cornette, he's probably a fucking anti-Semite, too. So who who the fuck knows? Anyway, I think we that's where... We love Jim Cornette over here, folks. That's, that's where we switch. Boom. My right, second match came from Hybrid Wrestling's Roll the Dice Oh, God damn it, more outlaw macho bullshit! <laughs> Mance Warner against one called Manders. This was a match that brought us back from the intermission during Hybrid Wrestling's Roll of Dice, which was the event to kick off the Tournament of Survival Weekend. Both men are in a stable that spans the independents called Second Gear Crew. At first, you could tell both men were holding back, jaw-jacking a bit before throwing some slaps, which turned to chops. The chops got louder and more forceful. They slapped the shit out of each other until both threw a punch, knocking each other down. Headbutts exchanged over and over until they fell to the outside. Manders sat in the crowd, and Manser hit him with a beer can. Manders threw a chair at Mance. Manser went after Manders with a chair, but Manders went to the merch table and blinded Mance with his own shirt. Great product placement. Mance with another chair shot before engaging the crowd. They headbutt and chop at the bar until Manders gets two shots and they cheers and down the shots in a nice moment. Both sat in chairs in the ring, and they exchanged fist, fists until Manders used headbutts. Manser with a drop toe hold that sent Manders face first into the chair. Manders hit a doctor bomb through two chairs, but Manser kicked out at two. Manders set up a door in the corner, but... He would regret this because Mance Warner speared Manders through the table for two. They broke the door in half, and Mance gave Manders half of the door, and they teed off on each other until Manders just unleashed an onslaught of door to Warner. Manders missed a moonsault, and Mance followed with a running knee 
then a running knee to a chair to the face for on Manders for two. Mance set up two chairs with a door across them. Manders then set up a second tier of chairs and door. Manders hit an avalanche power slam through the doors, but Mance Warner kicked out. Fist for fist, boot for boot, slaps for chops. Manders set up for a power slam, but Warner slipped out, pushed Manders into the corner, and on the comeback hit a DDT for the win. It was an absolute banger of a match. What started as two friends playing with each other ended up being a beat-down brawl with even some wrestling moves, which was not expected but happily received. After the match, the Southern Psycho called out other second-gear crew member Effie out and gave Manders and Effie a big pep talk and declaring it doesn't matter who wins the tournament of survival because it will be one of the second-gear crew. Match was just fun as fuck. Everyone at the showboat was going crazy, and these two men put on a hell of a show. Well, that 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 comment didn't age well. Right, that <laughs> would be one of the second gear crew because the match that I just talked about was, was the fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love how you said you know this was this had a lot of crazy moments, and oh, by the way, some wrestling moves. Well, there was well, you like, don't expect during it. the match. You don't the commentary. It. We're saying yeah. these two are, are going to brawl the whole time. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. they were like saying, we, we will be surprised if they actually use a wrestling move. I heard. And, and the first wrestling move used was uh, a Saito suplex from Manders. And Manders, uh, fun fact, is a graduate from the Black and Brave Academy of uh, Seth Rollins. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty cool. I, I heard. I heard Joey Styles once during an ACW match say, I'll be damned wrestling holds. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, these guys, especially Warner, you know, they have their style, but they can, they can show that yes, they are true professional wrestlers. They're not just some backyard untrained goons. Right. Exactly. And that really shined through in the tournament of survival as well, where um, your biggest criticism of deathmatch in the past has been that it looks like all oh, the backyard dumb bullshit. Yeah, and like feuds for like no real feuds feuds, for no reason, just, just idiots who want to get attention and 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 try and die for nothing. And recently, uh, I've been getting more into. Uh, death matches because of GCW because of that dark side of the ring. Yeah, and I was just going to say Sid uh, mentioned, and uh, I've been watching uh, IWC No Holds Barred and their pit fire shows. And it's like, especially with where Nick Gage is concerned, it's like he's the GCW world champion, and his whole thing is like, if you want this, you got to do what I do. If you want this, you got to kill me. Yeah, but and and that's again how it is. Again. Yeah, again. <laughs> when I when I told my cousins they're coming over for GCW tonight, I told them that the show's called You Only Die Once and Kayla sent Kayla replied, or in the Gage's case twice. <laughs> Fuck. All right, next match. Getting into the home stretch here, boys. Here we are, boys. Boys in record time, I'd say. <laughs> 
despite all the goonery. <laughs> Not too much. A, a fair amount, I'd say. Yeah. As we're waking up, more is coming out. Mm-hmm. This is your match. I, I know, I'm getting my stuff up. I know, I'm busting your Whatever, go. Busta Rhymes. Oka- Busta Rhymes. Okada <laughs> Kazuchika versus Takagi Shingo. This was for the IWGP World Heavyweight <laughs> title. It happened at Dominion on June the 6th. Um, this match occurred because Will Ospreay suffered and has suffered an injury and was forced to vacate the IWGP World Heavyweight title. Um, Osprey was already slated to defend against Okada at this event, so that's why Okada was able to keep his spot. And Shingo was chosen to face Okada because he had been the most recent challenger to Will Ospreay's reign. And Shingo defeated Okada in... Uh, the uh, the, New, the Japan Cup. New Japan Cup. So Shingo has a victory over Okada and was the most recent challenger. Hence, Shingo is here. Uh, these two competitors are undoubtedly, undoubtedly, two of the top dogs in their industry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Shingo has been putting on banger after banger after banger for all of 2021 and the second half of 2020. Um, Ever since leaving Dragon... No, not Dragon Gate. Yeah, Yeah, Dragon Gate. Ever since leaving Dragon Gate and coming to New Japan as part of Los Ingobernables de Japón, Shinyu has done nothing but elevate himself to the level that he's always wanted to be at. There were tons of interviews before this match, and they were all very well done. Um, like, they looked like fucking movies, these interviews. The The way that New Japan does their interviews is so great. Um, I just wish that they had English subtitles for them, because I have to go on websites to find out what they said. I watched one with Desperado this week that had English subtitles. Did it really? Yeah, and it was fucking great. Like, it actually I hope that made me want to see the Ishimori Desperado match more. Awesome, dude. I, I hope that becomes the norm. Yeah. Um, so there were many interviews that occurred, but one theme kind of presented itself in all of these interviews. Um, Okada and Takagi both acknowledged that the unification of the of the heavyweight title and the intercontinental title was widely unpopular amongst the fan base and um and Okada specifically believes that the unification has sort of erased his legacy because he held the IWGP Heavyweight Championship many times, and always for a very lengthy reign. Yeah, he is um, the he is he's the, the greatest reign. IWGP World yeah. 
champ, uh, heavyweight champion of all time. And for the longest time, he's been the face of New Japan. Right. Like, for real. And so, in this match, he's looking to, in his words, reclaim his rightful place as the top dog and the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling, where, as in his opinion, Shingo Takagi is an outsider from a smaller company looking to come in and make his name at the expense of New Japan. Um, so, to me, it's interesting to see Okada, a guy that's, for all of his career, or at least the majority of it, has been the beloved babyface, uh, coming at this match with an attitude that you would expect from an arrogant heel persona. Mm. So, but then when you get to, to, to Kagi, uh, the way that he's talking, he's saying that, like, not getting any younger, I don't know how much longer we've been doing this. So, uh, for the aging Shinger Takagi, he's looking at the IWGP World Heavyweight title as sort of possibly his last chance at making history. Yeah, at cementing himself <clears throat> as, a, as a pure uh, so, legend. Yeah, The match itself was more than anyone even could have expected. Uh, these two went balls to the wall for over 45 minutes, um, eliciting uh, chants and screams from the crowd when they're not when they're still not even really allowed to be doing that. Uh, (laughs) Like the match was so good that it made the Japanese fans break the rules. (laughs) That's That's a big deal. Um, So, I mean, last of the dragon. No man in Japan from the apron to the floor. Um, fucking Okada with the shotgun drop kicks to the barricades. Uh, and Okada finally, after so long not doing it, he did that thing where he runs and jumps over the barricade. Oh, yeah. He did it. He The last time I saw him do that was against Will Ospreay. Right. Um, so, uh, but after 45 minutes, the final bell sounds... And the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion is none other than the Rampage Dragon, Shingo Takagi. Yes! He bested Okada. He bested who, in every way, is New Japan's final boss. Yeah. Um, and personally, I cannot wait for Will Ospreay to heal up and come back so that him and Shingo can have the match that they are meant to have. And him and Okada. And him and Okada. I'm just surprised this wasn't Tim's pick. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I, I knew John would come through. I got to it first. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about the subject. because So that's what I got. That's what I got for Shingo and that That's my best attempt at an ESPN, like, uh, 40 for 40 style coverage of that match. 
All right, Sid's last match was uh, Kenny Omega putting up and the AW title against Jungle Jack Parrot. Jungle Boy <laughs> Jack Parrot. The, the WWE champion, Kenny Omega. <laughs> anyway, no, uh, I mean, this one was pretty simple. You know, it's just a kind of a true underdog kind of story. Um, it, it, like, Jungle Boy has been, you know, really, you know, acclimated with the Jurassic Jurassic Express. So, I mean, people like Omega, who, you know, right at this point is just a dirty, slimy heel at this point and sees him dirty more as like a slimy, as more of a tag team wrestler and, you know, not worthy of his time. But uh, Jungle Boy took it to him and he wanted to show that, look, this is going to be mine someday. And I may not win this time, but it is going to be mine. And here's why. And he basically showed it to Omega through wrestling. He didn't cut, you know, promo. Well, he, he cut a few promos, but he didn't, you know, he wasn't telling anything. He was showing it, you know, to us, to Omega, to anyone else who may have doubted him. Yeah, we got, uh, we got a lot of uh, is, the last two. Jungle remember. Boy is... Hold on, Jungle Boy is a future AEW champion. Mark my words. No doubt. Go ahead. Uh, leading up to the match, um, they had uh, Christian Cage was the final competitor for Jungle Boy to eliminate, which he did at Double or Nothing, and Cage kind of um, would come to Jungle Boy and give him advice or pep talks yeah. and stuff like that, which was really cool to see. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jungle Boy, uh, like you said, uh, there there's a slew of non-WWE wrestlers that are poised to be AEW world champions. Jungle Boy is one of them. Absolutely. I just wanted to look right in the camera and say that because, you know, we all know what people say. I retweeted a tweet that said, um, I'm trying to think of who the other one they said was, but it said uh, the moment that AEW signs Mojo Rowley and somebody else that I can't remember right now, but it said the moment that they signed those two. No, not Braun. But it said uh, the moment that those two were signed is when I'll start to believe this bullshit about AW only hiring WWE regions. <laughs> I, like, I mean, Damn. you never know. Like, he might do what, like, Matt Cardona did and just pop in for a cup of coffee and leave. You never know. But Right. Like, say, like I mean, well, the thing is, even with the um, – we had people like Eric Rowan slash Redbeard show up, but the thing is, he just showed up for the Brody Lee tribute. Yeah, and now he's, I think he's taking, a, he's got a few indie dates. He's not really doing too much. Right yeah, now, he's kind of doing a white indie run. Uh, right after that, he actually showed up um, at GCW's Fight Forever and did a match uh -huh. there. But nice. yeah, he's, I think he did a, a he's match kinda, for v VXS. Yeah, he did a match for Von Suffering. He's kind of. But, playing low, yeah. taking dates that he likes, you know. Honestly, I would say, like, for – sorry, back to the match. Mm -hmm. I would say that it was almost like Kenny Omega looking at a younger version of himself in the mirror. 
because um, he definitely Kenny because uh, Jungle Boy had an answer for everything Kenny had, you know, until of course the one winged angel, and then and still your AW WWE champion Kenny Omega. <laughs> Sorry. What I also but, what also was really enjoyable about this match was that unlike most of Kenny's matches. It was truly a one-on-one match. Yeah. Yeah. No one... And that speaks volumes as not only a wrestler, but an EVP. The respect he has in Jungle Boy. Yeah. For saying, no, we're not going to have all those shenanigans. I want to... But at the same time, making it fucking hilarious with Marco Stunt trying to attack... The referee before the match even started. Oh, yeah, yeah. And fucking them getting thrown out. And then you saw, like, uh, the Good Brothers, like, pointing and laughing. And then they got thrown out, too. And Kenny Omega responded like a toddler, like, screaming and, like, like slapping the referee. And he got, like... He pushed the referee, the re- and the referee the ref pushed, pushed him on the ground. Ass. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> I don't think I think AEW. Well, I mean, I'm sure in the Indies too, but like we but, don't see that often. Not we really, but I I love that they did that before the match. Like yeah, they did all usually, that shit, and then they ring the bell and have the match. Usually, like um, if a ref pushes somebody, it's like toward the end of a match where it's like really heated, and the ref doesn't want to throw the match out because the match means so much, but he's not taking any shit. You but see this that a lot, right? Right from the get go, yeah. Which set the tone for how good this match would be. Yeah, and it really did a lot for just more solidifying the persona that Kenny has now, which um, is just a slimy, it's fucking awesome. Like, uh, and you see this a lot. You see a lot of that stuff, especially in New Japan. Where, like, the referees, like, if a heel gets out of the ring, they refuse to count until the face is also out there because they know that he's just trying to get counted out on purpose. Um, they refuse to have a disqualification if the heel's obviously trying to get disqualified. Like, I like this more obvious um, ref's discretion stuff being played up. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just uh, yeah, good good affair. Really liked it. Good stuff. Um, oh yeah, such good shit. Such good shit. My last match Joshi. was uh, the World of Stardom title match from Tokyo Dream Cinderella Special between Utami Hayashishida and Siri. Utami has held the title since November when she won it from uh, Mayu Iwatani, and this was her fifth defense. Utami is the ace of stardom at the moment, but Siri is never easy to beat, as she hasn't lost a standard singles match since last October. Right from the word go, this match was fantastic. They established Siri as the dominant performer very early on, and that was a thread that kept this match flowing from start to finish. Whether it was with her kicks, her submissions, or just her superior wrestling IQ, Siuri was asking questions that Utami had no answer for. 
But Tommy knew this coming into the match. She's failed to beat Siri in their two previous matches, and she has admitted in interviews that she doesn't know how to combat Siri. In the beginning stages, both women had each other's had an answer for everything the other did until Siri tackled Utami through the ropes and down to the floor. Siri got on the apron to hit Utami with a running kick. She followed with a Hurricane Rana down to the floor, stomped Utami, but Utami caught a kick and slammed Siri knee first into the ring apron. A head kick by Siri and she put she punted Utami in the face. Utami rolled out of the ring, and while the referee checked on her, Siri got tired of waiting and came out after her, sliding Utami back in the ring for a cover, but Utami barely kicked out. Uh, there was a drop kick into the corner by Siri, and she hit a running knee. Siri went to the top turnbuckle and hit a diving leg drop to Utami's back for two. Siri picked up Utami, but Utami got her back and German suplex Siri into the turnbuckles. Lariat by Utami in the corner, and she sat Siri on the top turnbuckle. She joined her and hit Siri with on her shoulders. She attempted an avalanche air raid crash, but Siri flipped out of it, allowing her to kick Utami in the face. Siri got Utami on her shoulders and connected with a double knee gut buster, but again Utami rolled out of the ring before Siri could cover. Siri went to the apron, but Utami avoided her running kick, and Siri splatted down to the floor. They both slowly returned to the apron and traded elbows, kicks by Siri, but Utomi caught one and dropped Siri with an air raid crash on the apron. Soon after, Utomi hit Siri with a German suplex that sent Siri neck first into the edge of the apron. Strikes, counters, Siri going for Utomi's arm, Utomi hitting power moves, it was all there. Utami blocked a head kick and hit a short arm lariat. They both get up, jumping knee by Siri, and she hit a series of elbows. Utami elbowed her back, but while they struggled to stand, the bell rung as time had expired. The match was a draw. Siri wasn't satisfied and got on the microphone, clearly wanting the match to continue. Utami agreed, and after okaying it with Rossi Agawa, the match continued. Siri and Utami charged each other and immediately started trading elbows. Utami elbowed Siri to the mat, but Siri connected with a series of knees. Siri picked up Utami and darted her head first into the turnbuckle. Cross arm breaker takedown by Siri, and she switched to a seated armbar. Utami rolled out of it and put Siri in a sleeper hold, but Siri escaped with a jawbreaker. Takedown by Siri, and she hits she hit mounted slaps and went for the cross arm breaker, but Utami blocked it. Siori went for a penalty kick, but Utami ducked. She got Siori on her shoulders, but Siori hopped off. Elbowed, elbows by Utami, but Siori hit a code breaker. But Utami lands on top of Siori for a two count cover. They both slowly got up. Head kick by Siori, and she put Utami in the stretch muffler. Utami was too close to the ropes and made it for the break. Siri grabbed Utami and deadlifted her up before dropping her back on the mat for a two count. An avalanche modified arm drag by Siri and she applied a Kimura, but Utami got to the ropes for the break. Utami picked up Siri 
and hit a German suplex followed by the torture rack bomb. For a two count, the seated armbar by Siuri, but Utami again inched to the ropes, so Siuri switched the hold to a double armbar. Utami finally made it to the bottom rope for the break, but Siuri sat Utami up and nailed a running knee for two. Siuri dropped Utami with an emerald flosion, but again Utami kicked out. Siri waited for Utami to sit up, but Utami caught her kick attempt again and hit a power bomb. Utami hit the hijack bomb, but Siri landed too close to the ropes and broke the cover. <clears throat> Clubbing blows by Utami, but Siri hits a series of back spinning back fists. High kick by Siri, but Utami fired back with a lariat. Siri got up and delivered a buzzsaw kick, but she collapsed to the mat along with Utami. The refer the referee started a count and made it to 10, counting down both wrestlers. The match was declared a draw due to double knockout, and Utami retained the championship. So Siri dominated, but Utami dug deeper than we've ever seen and refused to give up for 43 minutes, taking advantage of every mistake she could to try and gain a foothold in the match. When the match initially hit the 30-minute time limit, it was already a classic, but when they restarted the match, it took it to the next echelon of the best I have ever seen. The restart allowed them to reset, charge, changing the flow of the match and spent the final 13 minutes doing everything they could to end it. Ultimately, neither woman could get the win. Siori will be disappointed as she outclassed the champion, but Utami did her best John Cena impersonation and never gave up which makes her look almost unbeatable. Commentary did a great job at putting over series mat skills due to her experience fighting in the UFC, which made every single submission toward the end feel important, as any of them could have put Hayashi Shida away. The attention to detail and continuity is what makes this typical sub these typical submission spots become more intense. This was an absolute war that etched Utami and Siri's names above everyone else in stardom. When Hayashishida inevitably, inevitably beats Siri one day, it will be the defining moment in her career, and any clash between these two in the future is instantly going to be a highly anticipated match. This is the bar for women's wrestling in 2021, and maybe just even wrestling. Definitely a match of the year contender, depending on your preferences. Stardom's dream Cinderella shows this year have been nothing short of great, and this main event was just insane. Kudos to Tommy and Siri. No other female is touching them right now. Nice. That was a good write-up. Like, I like that a lot. And you asked me why I don't watch uh, other matches besides AEW. I just wait for uh, Tim to explain what happened in the match because it's so <laughs> elegant. It's like I'm watching it right there. <laughs> see all right the unanimous pick the unanimous pick between all three of us all three yeah where was other people him oh shit has he been here the whole time I'm sure. yeah, <laughs> Sid's not amused by my tactics as he usually is yeah, it's it's early. 
Not that early, but okay. Well, but I'm an hour behind <laughs> so yes, it is early. MJF versus Sammy Guevara. This also happened on the last Dynamite uh, before AEW hit the road. Yeah, it was and the main event. I yes. made a tweet uh, during this match that said, Sammy and MJF were in the back and said, these people want to cheer for Darby Allen and Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy, and they think that they're the ones to watch, but we're going to go out there and prove everyone wrong, and we are the ones to watch. Uh, and this match uh, was just fucking nuts. Uh, you know, we have we had the ultimate redemption at Double or Nothing where Sammy got the win in the Stadium Stampede match. And that was fantastic because Sammy was the one who said not to trust MJF uh, whenever all of the MJF inner circle stuff was happening. And this match, man, like two things that I uh, that stick out in my mind was when Sammy jumped off the top yep. turnbuckle into the crowd yeah. onto MJF, which was the hang time and the distance was just uh, insane. And the and fact that MJF, he decided to flip into it, MJF, not, not, just a, not just like a crossbody. Right. <laughs> and MJF hit an avalanche tombstone, which that was, crazy. was not expected and just wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. John? No, you, you go ahead first. I think it's just like, you know, talked about MJF. He's one of those wrestlers who it sometimes is hard to forget that he's actually damn good in the ring. Yeah. Um, because his character work is – it's because his character work yeah, is so Yeah, and because he spends yeah. a lot of time talking and not a lot of time wrestling. Yeah. Kind of like The Fiend, actually. I mean, I'm not comparing the two, but – Yeah, no, that, I see what you mean. Well, you but, yeah, comparing. anyway. Um, <laughs> like, I, I that, think that's it's just, a comparison. Relax. No, it's not. It's not a comparison. A comparison move would be do I think who I think is better. I never said this guy's better than this guy. I just said they're in that same category. That's all. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, don't, yeah, that's what happens when you say stupid shit like that. Anyways. But uh, you know, Damn. I think the MJF is also a future AEW champion. Uh, Both of the these guy. men are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as is Sammy. Um, I mean, it's honestly, I think it's, it's, it was a long time coming. You know, like you said, Sammy told uh, Jericho not to trust MJF all this time, and finally now he got. He his actually, hands on he ended up leaving the inner circle because of it. Yeah. Yeah, and then he came back, and now here we are. But he came um, back. Yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, but yeah, he actually had the match won, and then fucking Sean Spears came out with with a damn chair and hit Sammy across the head. And I really hope Sammy tears him limb from limb in their next match. So there you go. Well, Sean Spears caught a chair to the fucking dome over it. I'll tell you that. Did you well, see that? There, but... Yeah, I saw that. That was that was great. That was hilarious. Yeah. Gotcha, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That was great. Yeah, man. Um, the jump that you mentioned, fucking hell. 
I don't remember a lot of the match because just fucking. Sometimes you don't remember it because yeah. you're so caught up. Yeah. When you're watching yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, exactly. and that's how it was because everything was. It was just these two guys said, you know, probably said, you know, people are watching Darby. People are watching Orange Cassidy. Jungle Boy last week just had the moment of his career up until this point. We're all in that same in that same group of of uh, AEW talent young people, yeah. that yeah. are young and up and coming. And we are going young to show hungry. everyone that we are at the top of our class. And that's exactly what they fucking did. Yeah. And, and on top? Go ahead, go ahead. No. Finish. I am done. Okay. No, and on top of that, it was, like I said, it was the main event of the last Dynamite in Daly's place until I think they come back in like August again. But that, and they had to say, and they said on top of that, we need to go out with a bang. And this was a fucking explosion. Exactly. (laughs) That I agree with that. Um, And, you know, I mean, I just, I'm just excited for the future of AEW, honestly. And usually Um, we don't, um, we usually don't highlight matches that end in shenanigans, but this match furthered along the storyline so yeah. well because oh, yeah, Jericho was on it, commentary. Yeah, well. Jericho was on commentary, and it was like, is Sammy was Sammy's ultimate redemption ending at double or nothing, or is he going to take the feud over and end it here? And that did not happen. So we will be getting MJF and Jericho. Uh, so the shenanigans played a good part in the storyline of Rocky the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. Yeah, Jericho Jericho and MJF um, had that sit down on the most recent Dynamite. And MJF's making him go through, I think he said four competitors all in matches where he, where MJF picks the stipulations. And if he gets through all those, then he gets MJF. And I think Jericho hinted. I don't know if he actually put it in writing or whatever. He kind of hinted that if I can't beat you, I shouldn't be wrestling. Yeah. Kind of saying that Maybe when we get there, it'll be like a, like a be, career versus yeah. whatever match. Yeah, <clears throat> no, it'll just be Jericho's career on the line, probably. Yeah, MJF can't put his career on the line. Loser yeah, leaves yeah. town. Bring back no. the classic step <laughs> from the old not days. Not just yet, man. Not just yet. Or, or the the coal miner's glove match. I want to see that. No, have MJF come back wearing a mask, calling himself Mister Money or something. <laughs> wearing a mask like a like a lucha mask or a, yeah, just a, okay. It's like no, a fucking mask. face mask because the pandemic's still not over. Yes, no, a lucha I meant kind of like the mask. Have you ever face. seen? Mr. America, Mr. Wrestling, Mr. NXT. It's been done so many times. CM Punk. Jeez. All right. (laughs) Jesus. 
And yeah. you, you said I was getting heated. Gee, damn, damn, dude. Well, what other mask do you think I meant? I was thinking about the mask that Cody wore when he fucking broke his face. No, I don't want his face to get broken. I want him to lose and come back like saying that he's not him. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not the. <laughs> we need another cup of uh, Joe. Cup of Joe. Anyway, uh, Joe, Joe. stick around uh, for the nerdy Mark. Check out his channel. Check yeah. out Armbar Audio, of course. I'm coming uh, back. We will be around uh, with a lot of good content. Yeah. Um, also, the Gooniverse. Got to check that out. Our joint project. We'll be coming out with a uh, review, uh, recap, and discussion of the latest episode of My Hero Academia tomorrow. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Got a lot of good stuff coming your way from Armbar Audio. So with that, wherever you are in the I'm world, whether say, it's uh, morning, noon, or night, you have a great one. And peace and love to all of you. Bang! I'm even. I'm even gonna drop the little tease that we gotta. A lot of good guests coming up. <laughs> okay. Get ready for that. <laughs>